Okay, it's saying we're live! Yay! <laughs> Friday Night Feels, we're made it again! <laughs> All right, hello everyone. Um, I'm so excited tonight. This is going to be a really fun show. Um, I am licensed mental health counselor Patrick Manette, and uh, it was, you know, March 2021. No, sorry, March 2020. Uh, I created Friday Night Feels. Sorry, it's it's been a long week, so we're going to have some bumps in the road tonight. But um, when everything was going on with COVID, uh, the show came into creation, and it has turned into one of the most amazing experiences of, of my life that I could have anticipated of meeting people from all over the world who share different stories, experiences, and adventures in all different aspects and capacities of wellness, healing, growth, and being able to share with us uh, live on Facebook or also on all of the podcast platforms. So, uh, and being able to connect and, and meet with them and, uh, you know, just being able to have that human connection, which when COVID really took over, I was really missing. So uh, I'm so excited tonight because we have, we're representing both coasts of the East and the West tonight with Dr. Janika Benoit. So welcome, Dr. J. I'm so excited you're here. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I am very appreciative because she put basically her life at risk in San Diego traffic at, I think, 5 o'clock on a Friday. So, I mean, I think we really appreciate that you were able to make it tonight. <laughs> oh, no problem. So I just want to do a little background um, that Dr. J, uh, as she's known on social media, is a board certified internal medicine physician and sports medicine specialist. She's a runner, exercise enthusiast, and former ACE certified personal trainer. Not only does she enjoy caring for athletes, she also has a passion for preventing chronic disease through using exercise as medicine so people can avoid taking pills and or cut back on their pill bottles. As a, as a osteopathic physician, Dr. J is focused on treating the whole body by providing practical ways to exercise so people can live more fully and have life transformation from the inside out. So welcome, Dr. J, to Friday Night Feels. Hi, thank hey. you so much for having me. Sure. <laughs> so Patrick, cool. you look so fun. Like, I feel like, <laughs> I don't know, like, we need to hang out. <laughs> uh, I, well, I, I foresee a good friendship down the road. So <laughs> before we started, I was telling Dr. J that I was looking at some of her videos that, you know, I usually ask my guests to, um, and then we'll get to that of how people connect with her. And there's this one video where she's in, I don't know if it was the forest or climbing there were trees. It was very natural. And her, her, she starts this video with like asking these questions. I'm like, I don't care. I'll do whatever you say. Like it was so motivated. I was like, I just want to be healthy. And the energy was so was loving but direct, which I respond really well to. Um, so I knew we were gonna have a wild time on Friday Night Feels tonight. <laughs> So where, so tell me a little bit more about yourself. I know that we've, we've emailed and connecting tonight. So what is your story that you'd like to share with us? Oh uh, yeah. So, um, so I remember during, um, one day, uh, of my second year of internal medicine residency, I had a, an extremely stressful clinic day. And you know, when you have one of those days and you just cannot wait to get home, it was, mm -hmm. it was one of those days. And as I got home, I sat on my bed with the covers over my head. And I was thinking that I was really a lot like my patients because like my patients 
who were overwhelmed with taking so many pills, I was overwhelmed from having to refill and constantly prescribe them. Mm -hmm. Just like them who were, um, like some of them didn't even know why they were taking so many pills. I feel like I didn't know my why. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, am I just going to be in a clinic prescribing and refilling pills for the rest of my life as a doctor? Is that really what I want? And just like them who felt like they sometimes didn't, in, didn't, they didn't feel in control of their health because of all the pills that they were taking, I felt like I had no, no control over the trajectory of my career. Mm. And it was like looking like it was like looking through a dark tunnel with no mm. end. And um, really what helped me get through the hump was exercise because exercise taught me the power of a habit. Mm -hmm. um, I made exercise and habit. And with exercise, you don't reap the you don't reap the reward from it if you just do it once. It mm -hmm. needs to be um, consistent. It needs to become a habit. And I thought to myself, "Wow, with exercise, exercise is the outcome, but really, it's who you become." And I actually got this from my favorite one of my favorite mentors. Um, I would say mentor, like I know him, but virtual mentor. Let's just pretend we do. Let's yeah. just invite him in. It's okay. <laughs> Jim Rohn. So okay. it's not It's not about the outcome. It's who you become in the process. So who do you become um, in the process when you make exercise and habit? Who do you become in the process when you can um, create habits in different areas in your life? Who do you become? Did we hold on? Okay, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> right, so we, I was getting so into it, and then my, um, something I, I don't know popped up. Um, yeah, I just got a call through my 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 tablet, but um, yeah, I'll call it later. Um, so it's really about who you become in the process right. um, through these habits. And um, I actually created an acronym. Patrick, do you want me to talk about that now or later? Oh my god, yeah, giddy up! I love this. Okay, yeah. okay. So I actually created an acronym, and it's an acronym and method for helping people make exercise a habit. Okay. So the it's it, the name is actually called habit and H stands for healthy mindset because prior to you developing an exercise routine, you need to evaluate your mindset. Okay, mm -hmm. what mm -hmm. are the limiting beliefs that are holding you back? Um what what habits that do not serve you that you need to remove? Mm -hmm. These are the things that um, need to come into your mind. A stands for affirming new beliefs because anytime we do something new, it's, 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 it's difficult. It's difficult to make a change. So in order to remain consistent, it's important to create affirmations and recite them to yourself on a daily basis. So for example, you can say, I am overcoming diabetes or I will overcoming di mm -hmm. diabetes by exercising consistently three days a week. Okay. Mm -hmm. Next mm -hmm. is B, believing greater, because not only can you use this habit with exercise, you can use habits in other areas of your life. The, mm -hmm. the, the purpose is developing a habit in one area and then also use that habit in other areas in your life. It's all about who do you become. Exercise is teaching you um, the person to be to become. Mm -hmm. I stands for incorporating change because anytime you do anything new, you're going to have to make some type of change in your schedule. So for exercise, you're going to have to look at your schedule and schedule it. So that's a change that you're going to have to do. And T is transforming lives. Mm. And this is what I really want to do um, is transform the lives of 
people with this method because I felt that I could not do that in a clinic setting. And I believe that I have more purpose in me. I believe that my skills go beyond um, a physician that just stays in the clinic. What I want to do is transform lives. Wow, I love that habit. Yes, bringing it. I love it. <laughs> and it's, you know, one of the things too that we were talking briefly about is is the first, uh, you know, is the belief system and the mindset, which if, you know, you can have all the willpower in the world, but if when you hit that wall, if you just let that wall, uh, at least I find in the mental health field, is if you let that wall be the deciding factor, then you're not going to move. Right. And also it's important to... Um, really identify what your why is as well. Like what is, what is motivating you to become a healthier person? Mm -hmm. What is that? Is it your children? Is it, um, you know, you, you envisioning the life that you want to live? Um, is it because you don't want to be another statistic? Is it because you don't want to end up like, you know, family members who you may have, may have had chronic illnesses and died before their time? Mm -hmm. What is driving you? So it's important to evaluate, evaluate what that is as well. Right. And I would imagine that those conversations with your patients are really powerful because it really makes them engage in the process and, and say, what, what is this motivation? What is going to help me get through that wall that really matters? That's going to be my guiding light here. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Because it, and I, and I felt like it did no service to my patients when I just, oh yeah, you need to exercise because right. oh, that would just people, make me angry. Right. Yeah. Cause there are some people, they don't, they don't know, they don't know what exercise to do right um, or, you know, they just don't have an exercise routine. They don't even know where to start. Yes. So it's important. It's to, overwhelming too. If you is, don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, you know, um, you know, sometimes, sometimes you know physicians even before me back in the day I would say oh yeah you know go to the gym but some people don't even like the gym because they're self-conscious of other people they're that judged. are there they right. don't get more fit than them and I mean you can exercise just at home if, if, if you can do right. that just in the comfort of your home right um so yeah there's so much mindset that goes into starting an exercise routine it's much bigger than exercise yeah. it's much bigger yeah. than that <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny as you mentioned that because my own experiences and, and I've shared a lot with my struggles with food and, and, you know, weight and throughout my life, especially, um, you know, in different episodes with guests on Friday Night Feels. And a couple of things that I realized for myself is I did start working out at home and I've actually been more consistent than I ever have been in my life. And there were a couple of factors that contribute to that. One is, uh, you know, there is that humiliation and an embarrassment when you're working out that you can't do the activity or that you feel judged. And so I let myself, I remember I was doing a workout once. It was a half hour workout. And, you know, the the trainer is like, come on, you could do this. And I'm like, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't. I hate you. <laughs> like, I just let the anger come out like a crazy person in my in my living room. But then I laughed and then I actually completed a half hour. I was like, all right, good job team, good job. And that was one of just letting that frustration of knowing, hey, it's okay. Because during the workout, she said a couple of things that, that changed me of saying, if you look around everyone and you know, like all the trainers, you know, they're in really good, good condition. She said, everyone's panting, everyone's struggling. So this isn't easy. So you're not alone. And I don't know why, but it connected to me of, oh, I, this doesn't have to be easy. That doesn't mean I can't do it. Mm -hmm. 
And then the other thing that she said was, you have to train your mind and see yourself as an athlete. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first time I saw that, I was like, well, I can't be an athlete. I'm overweight. I'm out of shape. And then I, I did the workout again, and I heard the same message again. And I thought, well, maybe if I just tried that, like maybe I'm not the athlete that's tip-top shape, but I'm going to be the athlete that finishes this workout program. Right. Yeah. And, and go. I don't know if that makes sense or, you know, like connects no, that, to makes, that makes a lot of, that makes a lot of sense because what you're doing is that you're um, envisioning, right? Right. So you're, you're, you're dreaming, right? And I, when I talk about dreaming, I talk about children a lot because I actually remember, um, so I did a sports medicine fellowship. Right. During my internal medicine residency, I saw all adults. So, but during my sports medicine fellowship, I saw children and adults. So I remember one time I was on my pediatric sports medicine rotation. I go into the room and uh, there's a little boy there with his uh, older brother and his mom. And the little brother, I, I say hi. I say hi to the little brother and the older brother. The older brother says hi. And the little brother goes, Wow! I was like, "Whoa, what is happening?" <laughs> is it too late to call in? <laughs> so I was like, "What is?" I was. I, and this took me aback because, like I said, I've only worked with adults, so nice. I was just like, "I'm not used to going into a room with a patient and someone going around at me, right?" So I was like, "I was like, well, hello. Well, what's your name?" I'm like. And then the older brother, he was like, oh, he's T-Rex. And this was like totally normal. But, but, but I was so intrigued by that because I'm like, okay, look at this little boy who um, is believing that he's a T-Rex. He won't even converse with me because (laughs) he's created this vision that he's a T-Rex. And children they dream a lot they imagine a lot right Right. and as you get older you kind of lose that right Right. you just kind of do the day-to-day go to your job nine to five come home and then you just do the whole thing again Mm -hmm. but what else do you want to create in your life Mm -hmm. who else can you can you be can you be that athlete that you're envisioning of can you right Can, can you have a life where you don't have to be succumb to taking pills. Right. Can you have a body um, that you're proud of? Can you have blood pressure parameters and cholesterol levels that you're proud of? Who else can you be? So I was really, I was so intrigued by seeing that young boy. Cause I'm like, wow, he has taken on this belief that mm-hmm. he's a T-Rex. He, right. can, he won't even tell me hi. Right. Like I tried so many times against the same English word. It was oh. <laughs> at least he didn't like lunge on you. I don't know much about T-Rex, but at least he was a friendly one. No, he was a very friendly T-Rex. That that he was. <laughs> now, how did you so I and you know, I, I've worked with people who, you know, who are you know, go through medical school. And I, I find myself that that's its own level of trauma. I feel, you know, the exhaustion, the pushing, the pushing, you know, no breaks 24 hours. I just hear the nightmare stories of really pushing beyond human capacities to get to that and and to have that dream and to work towards that. How did you develop your program and, and habit? How did you come from like the, probably the traditional medical field and really step out of that box? 
Yeah, that's actually a very, very, very good question. Um, so I think for most of like most of my life, I've been very, I've just been a very motivated individual. Mm -hmm. I was the child in school who, if they got a B plus, I would be upset and want the A or the A plus. And going to medical school was actually very difficult for me. I, I excelled really well in school taking mm -hmm. tests, but the MCAT, which is the admission test that we have to take to medical school, it mm -hmm. was a challenge for me. And I actually took it five times until I got <laughs> into medical school. And I think what made me try so hard, first of all, I, and, and I kid you not, I used to envision myself in a white coat. Mm -hmm. I used to envision myself in a white coat walking around the hospital and I would have that vision in my mind. And I'm like, I'm going to get to that vision. Mm -hmm. Also, I started becoming very serious about my faith as well. Okay. My family, they didn't, I mean, I went to church. I went to a Catholic school all my mm -hmm. life, but I really started pr um, praying a lot and meditating and that helped me just to just really hone in on um, what, what else is there, you know, to my life. Mm -hmm. And that, and that really, that helped me, that helped me get into medical school. So it was the envisioning me in the white coat and really delving deeper into prayer. And then I've always been a visionary, like a dreamer. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why I've been able to think so vast, even going through rigorous training program. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm so inspired by children, by the way they dream and the way that they imagine. And, and they don't have the blockages we do. Yeah, yeah. I'm so inspired by them. Right. I really am. So, <laughs> and I, I want to still emulate that, that childlike, um, that childlike uh, personality of me, that, that dreaming and envisioning. So when I got into residencies, really the second year residency, I started dreaming, like, what am I, what am I going to do after this? Mm -hmm. Am I going to just be in the hospital and just work, work, work? Am I just going to be in the clinic and work, 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 and then come home? It's late and then do the same thing over again. Right. What kind of life is that? Right. I don't want to, I don't want to work that way. Like a hamster wheel. Right. I want to I want to contribute to the world that is in a way that's transformational in a way that is positive. I want to be able to give a positive contribution. And I just started thinking about, you know, my talents that I have, the skills that I have. And that made me, you know, think, okay, well, I, I do have something to offer. Really. Mm -hmm. I do have something to offer here, even though it's, Sometimes I downplay it, but I do have something. It's better than not having anything. <laughs> so then I got on this mission on, okay, well, all right. Well, what, what am I good at? I'm good at motivating. I'm good at inspiring. I'm good at giving people a different perspective. I also love exercise. I also hate having my patients be on so many pills. Right. I just merge yeah. everything together. And I'm like, okay, well, this is what I'm going to do. Oh, I love it. And so yeah. the soul, it's so, well, it's so amazing because when you talk about pills, uh, 
you, you know, in, in the medical field and the mental health side, it, it's always interesting as a clinician to have those discussions with clients when they when they really need a referral or they really need to get on some sort of medication just to help them or, you know, to to speak with someone who specializes in the medical component of that. I, I advocate for that strongly. But also one of the conversations I have is the pills are supposed to help you not fix the problem. Right. And exactly. I think sometimes people, it's like, well, I got, you know, these 17 pills or I got this pill. It's like, okay, that's great. And I'm glad you're feeling better. What can we change behaviorally? What can we can change emotionally? What traumas have we not addressed or what should we explore? What coping skills do you need? And I think what I see in my field is that's when I hit the wall of, wait, you want me to do what? I'm feeling better. Shouldn't she be happy? And I'm like, oh no, there's much more. <laughs> yeah yeah now don't get me wrong there is a place to use pills mm -hmm. right. um i especially when it comes to high blood pressure and diabetes because a lot of people especially high blood pressure there's so many there are so many people on um high blood pressure pills and diabetes they're on multiple pills and those are the diseases that i'm targeting also those diseases are risk factors for heart disease and that's mm -hmm. one of the biggest killers of right people here in the United States. So this is this this vision of mine, this mission of mine is here to create transformation. It's create it's here to create more life really. Right. I want right. people to live longer. Well a good quality to, of life it sounds and, like and, yes quality of life. Um and I really want people to take control of their health and not you know not have to depend on a pill and right. really be empowered that okay I'm the one making these decisions that's changing my health in this positive trajectory. That's mm -hmm. what I want to see. And it's, and so what kind of blockages or, or hardships do you see with your patients that, yeah. that they, they struggle to adopt this? Yeah. So sometimes it's, that it's a generational problem. So for example, mm -hmm. I have this one patient where she was like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to be on pills because diabetes and high blood pressure runs in my family. And I'm like, whoa, whoa 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 that is not that type of thinking does not serve you at right, all right how about you can be the one to break this generational curse yes how about that and how do they respond to that they just sit in disbelief and shock because right. i felt i i feel like they have never been offered that that, that perspective before mm. Or that they would, or that they, the hope that they could do something different, almost sort of like they think it's preordained. Right, exactly. Or sometimes it's time, you know, I don't, I don't have enough time to exercise. And that, and that's, and that's when I get back at the why I'm like, well, what are you living for? Like, do you have children? And usually a lot of people are motivated by their children, right? Mm -hmm. They want to be around to um, see them grow up and be able to experience all their different life events. Right. So right. I will, I will say, well, what, what about your children? <laughs> Wouldn't you want to be around to experience the, your children and all the different events that they're going through? And it's like, yeah, well, I never thought about it that way. Right. Cause right. you get so, you get so used to just like going through the day and not really looking at your life in the future. Right. Like you said, it's the nose to the grindstone. Yeah. Yeah. Looking at your life in the future. And it's just like, what do I want my life to look like? Right. right. It's, it's, you know, it's the dreaming and the envisioning that we, we don't do as adults. Right, right. Right. So 
those are the type of limiting beliefs that I usually get. So okay. I like to be able to offer a different perspective of how to combat that limiting belief so that they can move forward and hopefully develop an exercise routine so that they right. can honor themselves, that they can honor their body, that they can honor their family and live life more impactfully with more purpose and more quality. Right. And I think the one part too that helps me is, and no one has ever really said this to me, I, had to, I have to have fun. Oh, and yes. like, like yes. I, I, I mean, my family, like all my cousins and siblings and stuff, they were always like more athletic. I was just like, I think because I was the chunky kid, I was like insecure to do anything. But then as an adult, one of my experiences is, especially during COVID and everything was shut down, there was just this one day and, um, you know, we had gotten delivery or takeout and it was, of course, junk food. I remember sitting on the couch just feeling really bloated and heavy, uh, you know, just put on weight. And I thought... I, I talk about wellness all the time and I'm doing the complete opposite of that from my body. And so I started to research and look at different things and, you know, I, I had done different gyms and I had done everything, but I never saw the consistency in myself and I never saw the fun. And I, of course, then you don't see the results and you shut down. Right. And so some of the stuff that I started to do was jump around. Like if I'm going to go for a long walk with my dog, you know, and then one of the things that I've really gotten into is, and I'm not saying it's graceful is just like just dance mm -hmm. and I like post little video not my videos on it because no one needs to see that hot mess but I have to say it's like the most relaxing thing of like all these songs my dog looks at me like I'm crazy but she just you know sometimes she'll jump in but the idea that I'm going to do an hour of cardio and then you just feel better and then I noticed that my body was just re responding differently and it, it, I thought, oh my God, I can actually have fun with this and I'm taking care of myself and it doesn't have to be hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know, when you grow up as the fat kid, as I, I refer to myself as that and you struggle. Oh, I was or, a fat kid too. Okay. And, and so, you know, the struggle. You're <laughs> I, just know, like, I know. I <laughs> know. You, you know, and then you just like, is this, you know, one of the things um, when I was preparing, you know, for our show tonight, I was thinking about when I was in high school and I was trying out for the soccer team. And one of the worst things that I feel is when you're overweight and they ask you to take your shirt off because mm. it's like like I, I don't know if they do <laughs> I don't think they do that with other but it was like you know skins and shirts and I remember being heavy and then being made fun of which is like mm. your worst your worst nightmare come true and then you just what I learned to do is shut down mm. and then my eating really became unhealthy after that because then I went and I got a job in the fast food industry and it was a whole nightmare, you know, of unhealthiness there that I'm still trying to heal. But I really love what you're saying of being able to reach the different generations and validate their struggles and validate the resistance, but also say it's okay that you're feeling that way. But here's, here's the map. Here's, let me help you get to this health, this wellness for you and finding out what you keep saying is, what is your why? I love that question. Mm -hmm. What is your why? Yeah. Yeah. Why do you matter? Who do you matter to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a really strong motivational component. It really, really is. It, it, yeah, in in finding something that makes you feel better. And I know I I've talked to a lot of my friends who struggle with weight and with health issues. And what I've noticed as I've gotten older is the fear 
in our conversation is coming through a lot more because we're not as young as we used to be, right? Mm -hmm. So when a health issue comes up, it's like, holy, this could be really serious. Mm -hmm. This could be, you know, and when you're in your 20s, you're like, hmm, I'm young, it's fine. But then when you get older, all of a sudden you're thinking, you see the future in a different way of, if I don't change this, I could develop diabetes, I could lose limbs, I could die from this. And that's scary. Yeah, or some people may not even see the future at all, right? Right. They just will go through these, uh, just go through the rigmarole and go through the daily routine of habits that don't serve them. Right. So that's why I love getting at the mindset because you really have to stop and think. (laughs) Right, right. Right? And feel. I mean, we got to bring in the feelings. Yeah, yeah, yes, feel. <laughs> yeah, like bring those feel. And for me, I, you know, what I, I just shared this with a friend of mine that, you know, I always, I've always said that I'm a stress eater. But it wasn't until recently that I started to realize, like when we were growing up, I don't know what your experience was, is, you know, we didn't, we like my family was just like a typical family, you know, we'd have dinner, we'd do all of this, we, we didn't have dessert. But somewhere along the way, I learned that food was a really good coping skill. The other insight that I, I came became aware of was we would also go out to eat for every celebration. And so now when I'm, mm. especially in the mental health field with COVID, it's, you know, it's been so stressful for everyone and just trying mm. to be there for everyone. I realized, oh, I'm going to celebrate that I have 10 minutes and I'm just going to eat this bag of chips or I'm going to do this or, wow, I just worked another 10 hour day. So I'm going to celebrate and treat myself mm-hmm. to pizza and wings tonight. Wow. So, so how it, did you break that? That's interesting. Oh, a did lot you, of prayer, you, sister. Like a lot yeah. of prayer. Like, <laughs> I will, because I, I, because it's like I've done, you know, done therapy. I'm working with a nutritionist or a dietitian okay. and I'm trying to understand this. But one of the things is that mindfulness, you right. know, everyone says that the mindful eating and I'm just like, shove it in now, you know, heal the pain, let me feel better. And then there was just this spark once recently and I thought, I'm not eating because I'm stressed. I'm eating because I need to rejoice. I need something to celebrate that, to break off the the stress of work. And ever since I did that, since I recognized that the impulsive eating isn't what it used to be. Mm. And then when I'm going to make decisions for the first time, I'm thinking, what is in this? One of the things, I don't know if anyone else has done this, is restaurants now will put the caloric, <laughs> or, you know, the quality mm. of a, like, I would order something in, you know, before, and now that I'm working with a professional who I, you know, um, have to answer to, quote unquote, or I'm journaling my food, which has been really helpful for me, um, of seeing, what am I doing to my body? How am I contributing to this? Mm-hmm. And that has been really hard for me because it changes the dynamic of the relationship of I'm, this isn't happening to me. I'm choosing this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. That's a huge mindset shift. Right. Right. And it, it goes back to habits too. It's just like, what habits are you doing that don't serve you? Right. Right. So, so it's all about choosing the habits that do serve you and discard the ones that don't serve you. Right. I love that. Yes. To sit down and actually think through that and feel through that. 
Yeah, well, in the the um, one of the tips that I received from the dietitian was, you know, if you it was so funny because she said if you go to eat something and you want like chips, if you're not going to choose fruits or vegetables, you're not really hungry. And I'm like, you shut up! Like, Don't you judge me? And so I was telling a friend of mine, I'm like, can you believe this? And she looks at me. She says, we actually do the same thing in our house with my kids. I'm like, I mean, I have to go. I can't talk to you anymore. Yeah, <laughs> but that habit you know it's so funny dr j as you mentioned that is i never connected to that i just thought you know this is what i do like when i'm stressed when i'm running behind time management is a big thing for me i mean i know people are busy and and delivery and and takeout and drive through windows busy and if you're working with families i work with a lot of parents so now we're in school, right? And we got sports and team and practice and now you're getting home at seven. So if you had had two hours, you could have made a better meal, quote unquote. But now we're just trying to feed the feed the hordes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's tough. It's tough. It's tough for me. That's why I get my meals delivered to me. <laughs> oh my God, yes, yes. I love <laughs> service because I'm like I just listen you made it through residency you deserve that okay like my friend's husband is a doctor and I was like I wanted to send him care packages like I just because it's it's so stressful in when you look at it someone becomes a doctor at least in my vision because they want to spend their life helping someone helping people right but then if they're if you're not taking care of yourselves if you're not doing this then you're just continuing the negative cycles. Yes, Patrick. And that was my, that was one of my biggest rights in residency actually, because when I got this epiphany in my second year, I'm like, am I like, what am I doing? Like I'm doing, what am I going to eventually do for the rest of my life? I'm, am I going to be overworking myself? And I am the one helping people with their health. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help them with their health. And how am I helping myself? Right. And I'm like, if I don't help myself, how can I help others? Right. Right. <laughs> right. So, right. So, Walking that talk. Right. Yeah. So I have to <laughs> first serve myself and make sure I'm full so that I can give from a full cup. Right. Right. So that was one of, I was just like, this just makes no sense. Like sometimes I'm going to clinic and we run behind and I would not eat lunch and I'm so hungry. <laughs> Oh, I'm day, so delightful when I'm whatever. hungry. I'm delightful. I'm like the definition of hangry, okay? It's like, what are you, are you crying? Do you want to feel that pain? I haven't eaten in three hours. Yeah, I would, I would get, I would know. I, I get really hangry. Like I need to eat. I actually, now I put it on my phone to eat lunch. Just, just Isn't so that crazy? Like, we're adults, right? Like I never anticipated, my parents never had this conversation. Like you're going to have to plan how to have healthy eating habits. Like what? Like we have to schedule our lunch. And I know, and I talked to a lot of my colleagues in the mental health field where that is a struggle. Yeah, it is a struggle. There's always it a is. need for you. Right. And it's like, if, but if I'm crashing and burning, I can't help anyone. And you know what's so interesting? Because sometimes I would see my attendings and they would just go throughout the day and not even stop for food. So I used to think that was normal, right? I'm like, oh, well, I'm just going to emulate what my attending is doing. But I would feel horrible. And I cannot, I need food. Like, I really do need food. Right. Because (laughs) it's not going to be pretty. And I'm just like, screw this. I'm going to stop and eat and have my lunch and remind myself.
myself that I have to eat or else I'm going to be talking to these patients and fall out and they're right. <laughs> right. But then, and then they're going to take your, your recommendation, right. As you're falling out and like, right, exactly. Like, you know, just like anyone would be like, wow, you're really grumpy today. Get a Snickers, Patrick. It's like, really? Don't you judge my pain. <laughs> so, you know, and isn't that crazy? You know, looking at the mentality of we're in, you're in this healing profession, but it's like the antithesis of healing. Yeah. The way that, you know, of, of what I've known from physicians to go through this, it's like, what are we doing here? You know, it, you, when we're talking about belief system and habits yeah. and what it sounds like when, and with your professional experiences, you challenge the system. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and, and I, I read a really a great book. It's called the fear fighter, fear fighter manual. Okay. How to be a professional troublemaker. Oh my and... God. How have I not had this? <laughs> yes. Yes. It's by Love You Ajayi. And I'm like, yes, I want to be a professional troublemaker. I want yes. to, I want to, you know, do what other doctors are not doing. I want to, you know, and, and, and by doing, but by doing this, I am helping to inspire this generation of young oh, doctors and the future how generations, the mold, how to break the mold, right? Yes. Because medicine has become almost self-sacrificial, right? right? Right. We we put we put ourselves in front of our patient and and that and that is that is very virtuous but at the expense of ourselves right and we're not we're not giving from a full cup we're we're, right. we're empty inside right so my my hope also by break because I've just I just graduated from fellowship so I'm I'm a very I'm a new attending <laughs> right. yay congratulations <laughs> thank you I'm a new attending but my my hope is also to inspire other physicians to right. break the mold and to also start taking care of themselves yes. and also start believing greater and also start thinking of themselves beyond a physician right when you go through when you I spent seven years I've dedicated seven years of my life to this profession, right. right? So when you dedicate that amount of time to one thing, you think that's the only thing that you're meant to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it's not. You are destined for more. Right. You're destined for more. There's skills that you have. There's talents that you have that can help others. So really through going through residency, I've developed and I've learned about myself that there are other skills that I have that can help people I'm still helping people mm -hmm. as I do as a physician but in a slightly different way mm -hmm. it sounds um, more organic the way it was supposed to be yeah and that and that's and that's and that's really like my passion I want to live authentically <clears throat> right I don't want to live for anybody else's dream or I don't want to live in a way that appeases other people I really want to live in a way that in a in a way that okay, I'm here and I'm, and I'm, this is the purpose. I'm living in my purpose, really. Mm -hmm. I want to live in my purpose and I want to be able to inspire and motivate and get people into action. Yeah. That's to amazing. live, live their highest life. Right. Now, and do you, dream. yeah. Yeah. And, and that's so beautiful. And I love that. I, the one thing that was popping into my head is that you were talking about this in your experiences is how do physicians end up cope? Like, how do you cope with that? Yeah, it's, it's really, I mean, I've seen enough Grey's Anatomy that I should be an expert, but, 
I'd rather ask the real yeah. expert. <laughs> yeah, so the worst case scenario is some people just end their lives. There's oh, wow. position suicide is a real thing. So some That's people awful. cope on the extreme end of it and just end their life, right? Wow. Uh, you know, there's alcohol and there's, there's also isolation, right? Okay. There's so many different, there's just so many different ways to cope with it. And that, and during residency, I had to find out what, what were my coping mechanisms? Cause right. I realized that I can't go this way. There's just right. no way I can't, I can't keep on living this way and not create more for my life for my life and right. more for others the quality of life that you want yeah. and deserve yeah yeah did you see any or in the in the medical field do you see support or a push or resistance to receive therapy in that time or just have yeah so okay so in residency there are things like resident wellness resident well- wellness was an ice cream party <laughs> okay it was a pizza party because oh, every don't let's get, me get the carbs i mean yeah. who doesn't love it right it's, it's like, like dress no, down day where you can wear jeans today fit in the carbs yeah but 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 i can say this i mean sometimes that didn't make me happy because like after <laughs> a long day I'm i love like, the sprinkles oh, give me the Yes. <laughs> Give me the sprinkles. Yes. Give me the sprinkles. So it was wellness. <laughs> it was wellness, right? It was wellness. And <laughs> I don't, you know, I, I think there, there, there were, there, there, there were services for mental support, but okay. honestly, I don't remember. I knew that they existed, right? But I didn't know where to find it if I needed it. Mm, okay. Oh, like, right. I remember, I think at orientation, someone mentioned it. Right, right. But it's just like, oh, okay, this is there. Okay, great. They, they know that, that physician burnout is a real thing. And that's, you have to say that. Okay, well, we have these services if you want to speak to someone. But I really don't know where to, like, I didn't know where to find it if I needed it. So yeah, and but the thing is also with a lot of physicians, we're very type A and you know, we think that we can handle everything and we really don't talk about feelings because it's like there's work to do, like we right. need to get to work. Right. <laughs> so, right. It, so even if people were going through their different emotions about residency or life, it wasn't really something that was spoken about, mm. just really talking about their feelings of what they were going through. And my residency, actually, like my residency, it wasn't as malignant as a lot of the residency mm-hmm. programs out there. But, you know, there was still, you know, it's residencies. It was tough, right? Yeah, right. It was tough. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't remember, you know, just speaking to my co-resident. Oh, just a few, like, few that I was, that I was really close with. But I can't remember, you know, those services I couldn't remember me locating those services. Right. Oh, that makes but me sad. I know it existed. I know yeah. It existed. Well, maybe we need to revolutionize that. Maybe, yeah. Uh-huh. I, so. I got to get the book first. I'm behind the times. A professional troublemaker. This yes. is my calling. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so, you know, as we kind of, you know, wind down for tonight, is there, you know, one of the, how can people connect with you? Because I, I love your energy. I love the message. It's, it's relatable. I, I think people need to hear this more, especially from the medical profession, because there's such a um, 
you, you know, you're, you're held in such high esteem, right? Because you go, you're the, you're the medical professionals. And so having your field to be able to say, no, you can be healthy. Like you said, you can use the pills, but we can also learn how to decrease how many you have. Yeah. 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 How can people connect with you or follow you or, you know, yes. get your habit, get more of the habit? Oh, of course. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram. Oh, I'm on yay. Instagram at medfitdo. That's M as in Mary, E-D-F-I-T-D-O. And I have a link tree on my, in my bio. So there's a link there. You can click that. And I also have a YouTube channel that it will connect you to as well. It's a freebie. <gasps> I, I love freebies. A, yes. <laughs> I have a uh, five tips worksheet. It's five tips on how to increase your motivation with type two diabetes and high blood pressure. So check oh, that that's out. amazing. Awesome. Thank you so much. Now, before we end today, I have one final question that I like to ask my guests. Yeah. What is one piece of advice that you would like anyone either watching or listening to the show to walk away from tonight? Yes. And I would say the one piece of advice is dream about the person who you want to become. Mm. What does that person look like? Um, and just really, really think about it. What does that person look like? Who's surrounded by that person? And also remember that you are a culmination of the five people you hang out with. Mm. So if you're trying to develop new habits, that serve you think about if there are people who you surrounded with that don't serve those new habits mm -hmm. that you're trying to build right. I, I i the reason why i am the way that i am is because i have surrounded myself around people who are much smarter than me who have much bigger dreams than me and it pushes me every single day to be the best version of myself that's beautiful. I love yeah. that. Thank you so much, Dr. Janika Benoit, showing us tonight how to really take care of yourself, Dr. J. And thank you so much for coming to Friday Night Feels. And thank you for everyone who's watching or going to be listening. And I look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks in another episode. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone. All take right. care. Bye. Bye.